rooster. <laughs> Honor your dad if he's still alive. Amen. Take him out to lunch. Take him out to breakfast. Uh, do something with him. Amen. Take him to the outdoor world, whatever he wants to do. I'm going to preach a sermon right now called what is instant and what is not. And we're not talking about potatoes. I do have a question for you health food nuts. Is 15 minute, 30 minute oatmeal more healthy than five minute oatmeal? What about steel cut? Is it more healthy than the flat stuff? How so? That's what they say online. That it has to be true. I just started doing a lot more oatmeal than I used to do. Um, but anyway, needless to say, so anyway, so that's not what I'm preaching. I'm not preaching on oatmeal tonight. But we are, but I want to talk about what is instant and what is not instant. I want to talk about uh, the way we view our prayer life and the way we view things that we pray about. Now, um, as, I, as I preach on this, I want to show you something from the Bible because it seems like Anytime something happens in our life, we're praying about things that it's not going to work because you prayed about it. In other words, you need to pray. And I think there's a confusion, and, and, um, and, and we'll get into this in just a minute. And I said this Sunday, and I'm going to start it off right now by saying it this way. If you went to school for nine months and you goofed off, you can't pray on test day and expect to make it. Amen. Am I right about that? Yes. All right. Now, here's what happens with Christians. We've never sat down and talked about there are things you're praying about. You might as well be just whistling Dixie. Because... There are things that God told you is a process. And there are things that are instant. The new birth is instant. Holiness is not. It's process. And because of that, what happens is that we start praying about something and it doesn't work. And then we get frustrated and say, I don't know why God you understand? So let's go through what the word of God actually says about the things that he told you and I were to become a process. And um, I think that it'll be quite an eye-opening evening for us. So Father God, as we open up the word of God and begin studying the word, I'm asking that we walk out of here. You said we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. And Father, we need to be able to rightly divide the word of truth so that the devil doesn't trip us up and think that somehow or another God doesn't care about us. He's not answering our prayers. And Father God, we, you always answer our prayers. But Father, just help us as we get in the word tonight to make this clear, make this subject very clear in the name of Jesus. Go, now, I told you to go to Matthew 7, 24. Look at this. Jesus has been preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and he comes down to the end of his sermon and he says, therefore, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'm going to liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. Now, that means if you're going to build on the beach, put a real good foundation in. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat that house and it fell and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching and he taught them as one having authority, not as scribes. I'm going to talk about right now for a few minutes, being a doer of the word of God. Um, well, let me, let, me, let me go through this list and then I'm going to come back to this. I want to go through this list first. When you were born again, righteousness was instant. The moment you accepted Jesus, you were instantly made righteous. That's an instant prayer answered, isn't it? Yes. Holiness is a process. 
There's no instant holiness in your life, putting your flesh under. Healing, for the most part, is instant. Health is a process. Now, we'll get into that a little bit in a minute. And we'll, maybe we'll get in a little clarity on healing. Um, I want you to imagine for a moment a man sitting on the side of the road. He's just, he's lost his job. He's been fired. Uh, his wife left him. He, he lost his house and he's homeless. Should he live with a cup in his hand? No, no. no he shouldn't. Is it wrong to help him? No, no. no it's not. Helping, walking up to someone who is, you know, and, and this happens to people all the time. I mean, it happened to me once, and I'm going to tell you something. Thank God for people helping you out. But you know, when people that come to church, there's times that people come into church, and it's, I mean, they hit a wall. And that's when the church jumps in and helps them. But, but for them to expect you, us to pay their bills every month after month after month, well, it's wrong. It's wrong, isn't it? Jesus is not sitting on the street corner with you have a healing cup in your hand. Mercy is instant. Helping a man on the, on the street is mercy. You down, you, you out of job? Yes. You hungry? Yes. Come on, I'm taking you to lunch. And Lisa and I've done this. We've taken people who've been evicted and put them in a hotel for a month. But they're not in a hotel. We're not taking care of them now. We found them a house and a job. Are y'all okay with that? Somewhere along the line, we got this idea that no matter what you do in life, God's going to keep, keep handing you money or healing no matter how you live. And it is not true. It's quiet in here, isn't it? And it's, it's odd that we think this way. So we would look at the guy on the street and say, well, do you need a job? Well, yes, I do. Well, I've got a friend up here who's looking for a cook. And I think that right now, if we put you in a place until you get a paycheck, we get you back on your feet. That's, that's mercy. That's mercy. You remember the, the man on the side of the road, the good Samaritan? Jesus came along and says the man took him to an inn. And, but, he, but listen, I know that he's not in that inn hanging around week after week, month after month, year after year. He got beat up. He got wounded. He needed help. And that's mercy. All right. Healing is instant. Health is a process. Casting out devils is instant. You learning to resist the devil as a process. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is instant. Walking in the Spirit is a process. Having a word of knowledge is instant. Renewing your mind and studying the Bible is a process. The new birth is instant, but your soul being saved is a process. And, and somewhere, and, I'm, and here's where we're going with this, because it's amazing how many people, now listen to me and, 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 and don't get judgmental and critical with people. Just, just think about yourself right now for a little while. You're, you're put in a church where, you have a, where you're told to open up your Bible and, and be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. But I can prove to you by statistics that over three quarters of the body of Christ doesn't walk in any more Bible now than when they did 25 years ago when they first got saved. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? And it's an absolute truth. And yet they're expecting God to show up because they just said a prayer. Jesus said, I'm, right now, Lisa and I are putting an addition to our house. Now, let me tell you what I've done because I'm the general contractor. And I'll just tell you all a little secret. We're, we're 25000 ahead because I'm building it. We've already saved $25,000 because I'm hiring the subs. Thank you, Jesus. But I know what I'm doing. 
I had to take the old, the, the old house, the new house, and I had to take a big, a big drill motor and run a rebar into the old building and, and epoxy it in and then put steel in there. And right now we just got through putting the roof on. And after they got the roof on, um, they, they've created a cricket to keep the water from coming in. But I'm going down and, and doing above and beyond by taking waterproof substance and put it on the side of the house because I know that it rains hard here sometimes. And what the county says is code and what I'm calling code is different because I want, I'm living in it. When the next time we have a hurricane, I'm not going to be up there worrying about whether my roof is leaking or not. See, I'm tying two houses together and that's yeah, that's not easy to do, guys. I don't know whether y'all have. So, so having said that, I'm working with the guys. We built a cricket on the roof, and, and I'm watching, I'm watching the, the Mexicans as they put the new stuff on. And I, and I walk back up there, and I said, no, we're going to do something a little above and beyond the call of duty right here. And I talked to the guy, I put my roof on, and he said, well, go ahead and do it, Mr. Morgan. It's not necessary. And I said, well, it's not necessary unless it's your house. But I'm, not, but I'm not planning on the average day. I'm thinking way down the road. See, when you come to church, you, you've, got to, you've got to learn something. You, you have a day coming that's going to kick your butt. I'm not, I'm not trying to... You're just, if you're on the planet, and are you ready? Are you even thinking about that? That day's coming. My God, it's going to rain. It, it's going to stand. It's going to. I think Bob came over to our house the last time we had a hurricane. 100 miles an hour winds blew it, blew the oak tree down, blew the tree in the yard, front yard down. I mean, but yet the roof I put on would handle 130 miles an hour. You say, well, I didn't need it. Yeah, I did. It's still there. It's, are y'all out there? Because I'm thinking ahead. You, when you pick this book up, you got to understand, there's thing, Jesus told you and I that there's storms that come in your life. And if you're not ready when they come, you're not going to make it. I'm not. And, and yet, and, I, and I, love, I love y'all. I love you guys. And when we, when we walk into the hospital with you, or we walk in and you and, and I, and, and uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not mentioning anybody that goes to this church, but let me just tell you something. I, I was in my office one day and a, and a young lady came and she doesn't go to my church. She's a friend of a friend and she's got to be 38, 39 years of age. I swear to God, she acted like she was 12 years old. She started crying and throwing a temper tantrum and a fit and about how her teenage daughter was giving her trouble and, and how she took her hairbrush away from her. And, and I'm going, sweetheart, you got a child raising a child. And I'm looking at her going, God, God, almighty girl, have you ever even cracked your Bible? And she's a born again Christian. And yet right after that, her husband became an alcoholic and ran off with another woman. And then he came back and got their marriage. And, I, and, and I, my heart broke. I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you. I'm praying. I'm praying. Are y'all listening to me? She needs, she really needs to read the scripture and go, you know what? I might want to do something with my life. I might want to start. There's no reason for me to act like I'm 12 raising a teenager who's, eight, who's 16. And both of us are two children in the house. Now, I'm not telling you who it was. It's not, that's, that's, not, that's, that's just corrective. You don't know who it was. But, but I deal with stuff like this a lot, and I look at people and I go, this is not good. This, this, this is not going to fly, sweetheart. You're going to lose your kids. Almost lost your husband. And, and, and she's been a Christian all her life and in church every Sunday. Because I know her parents. Thank y'all. Are y'all listening? There's a process and she has not been. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is a foolish person. 
You're foolish people. Let's, let's go on to James chapter 1, please. Are you going to pray them through that? Well, how do you pray for a teenager like that? God, have mercy on mama and daughter in Jesus' name. And he does. He's merciful. But uh, it's going to take a little more than that to fix this. Are you all okay? Now, you understand I'm pastoring you right now. This is not a Bible school. Big difference in going to Bible school, Rama, Karis, the river, than coming to church. Because a pastor is not a Bible school teacher. That means we're going to talk about subjects that, and maybe they do, and maybe they do. They didn't, I didn't learn this in Rhema. I learned this after Rhema. You don't learn ministry in Bible school. You learn ministry in ministry. But, you know, after you deal with people for a while, you back up and go, oh, man, do you ever need to get your Bible out and beat the dust off of it and mark in it a little bit, scratch it up a little bit, highlight it and pretend like you're reading it. James chapter 1 Verse 21, therefore lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. That's a process. And be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving who? Yourself. 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 Now, God is a merciful God. He really is. Um, I know for a fact that when I got saved, he, he covered me because I didn't know any better for a while. But I know there came a day when he stopped covering me up and let me eat some stupid. You know what I'm talking about? And I went, hey, God, where are you? I mean, I'm kind of like praying, and, and he answers and pray, answers. And one day he just kind of, and I, I told him, I said, I thought you said you'd never leave me. He said, I didn't leave you. He says, I just took my hand off you for a little while and let you grow up. Now, I'm tired of you doing that. And I've been taking care of you. But I ain't taking care of you anymore. You're going you're gonna to fix this. Are you all okay? And, and I got mad at God one time. I said, you know, why is it you're so hard on me? Till I read that. If he's not, you're not a son at all. You know, we're not going to get in that scripture. Look at Ezekiel 33. Go over there because I want you to read this in your Bible. I want you to read this. And I'm, and I'm uh, are you all okay with this? Because a lot of times you, you, you're praying for people. They call you and say, pray. And I'm going to tell you something. I want you to pray. I want you to pray because God wants to move in their life. But I do not want you to get bent out of shape because you could not fix 25 years of them not reading the Bible and doing what God told them to do. Are you out there? Did you go home? You're not going to. Let's pretend for a minute that you didn't study in school and you dropped out. God will get you a job. I just don't think it'll be the one you want. Are y'all, I mean, you, you, you know, you may be a tradesman and, and, and all, you know, but if you want to run a company or become a doctor, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Pray that I become a doctor, pastor. Did you get out of high school? No, I, I dropped out. I don't think that's going to, prayer is going to work. Do you understand where I'm going with this? Because we're turning in prayer requests and they're not, and we're going, how are you wanting me to pray? For Heavenly Father, I pray they get up off their backside and go back to school. Now, I'm not saying anything wrong with being a tradesman. You make some money being a tradesman. Amen. Especially a general contractor. That's why I didn't hire one. I had a young man looked at me and, and he gave me the bid for a job. And I said, were you wanting a truck? And he said, I was. I said, me too. That's why I'm not using you. I'm going to tell you right now. The, the block job was $14,000. I laid them for four. If you see me driving up in my new Toyota, you know where that came from. <laughs> I lay this block myself. 
Sure, it took me two weeks. I worked for two weeks for $10,000, wouldn't you? You know, I mean, it just... Anyway, hallelujah. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm getting on your nerves now. Ezekiel 33, verse 30. Now, look, look at this scripture. Please look at it. Please look at this. As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and the doors of the houses. And they speak to one another. Everyone says to his brother, please come and hear what the word is from the Lord. So they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people. They hear your words, but they don't do them. For with their mouth, they show much love. But their hearts, they pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them a lovely song and one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. And they hear your words, but they don't do them. And when this comes to pass, and surely it will come, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. That's answer it. That's probably Trump. And tell him I'll call him back. All right, now think about this for a minute because, you know, I, I got to say this. I really got to say this. I, I love everybody in this church. I really love you guys. And I like being complimented for my sermons. Pastor, that was a great sermon. But, you know, I have to wonder when you walk out whether you had any intention of thinking about it past Sunday. So what am I doing? A song and dance and a pony show? Maybe we should bring ponies in here and monkeys and birds and we could really grow a church if we would just, you know, just kick it up a notch, do a song and a dance for you. And Hey, I can do the electric slide. I can, I didn't get in the dance the other night because Lisa kept saying, get up there and dance, get up there and dance. Um, like a fat man in a tutu. I just didn't want to. When I'm doing the horse, it looks like the bull. I'm in a back. <laughs> you cannot fix with prayer what with with the prayer of faith which was designed which was designed as a process in your life. Let me let me quote a scripture to you. The just shall live by faith. Now let's think about that scripture for a minute, because that just popped in my mind. The word live is the Greek word live and live. All right, here I'm going to give you an example of what this means. Lisa and I went to Chili's. How many times did I just tell you I went to Chili's? Once. Lisa and I were married. Does that give you an idea that we were married and continue? Yes. We didn't get married, and then next day we weren't. The Greek language is, is a really awesome language. It has words in it that convey that, that the prayer of faith is not once. It's once continued. So the just living by faith doesn't mean that you live by faith the day you get born again. It's a lifestyle. Faith is a lifestyle. In other words, listen to me very carefully. If you're not using your faith today, you won't have it next month. Amen. You, you don't, you don't, faith's not a parachute when you get in trouble. Faith is a way you live your life. Not a time you came and got an instant you were born again and you haven't used your faith again since that day. Use your faith every day of your life. In other words, you live by faith. What does that mean, I live by faith? That means you live by the word and not by the way you feel. But the average Christian lives by the way they feel and not by the word of God. You have to practice faith. I was watching a um, show the other day, and it was a basketball. This guy was practicing. um, I don't know what position he played, but they had him. They would throw him a basketball and he would shoot. They'd throw him another one, he'd shoot, and another player would jump in front of him. And they did this for 15 or 20 minutes. I guess they're, he's working on a skill set. You guys that play basketball, tell me what 
what's happening. But he's just, he's got a guy jumping the block and jumping the block. But he did that uh, maybe a hundred times. Why would you need to do that a hundred times? You mean you did the word once and you got it? No, you don't have it. You, you don't know the Bible because you heard it preached. You only know what you're doing. If you're not leaving here and doing what you're hearing, you're, you're, not, learn, you're, not, do, you're not walking by faith. You're, you're not doing anything. You're, you're, you're not even building your house right. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Let's go over there. I'm saying this because I want, I, want you, I want you to believe God and I want you to have a very vibrant prayer life. But don't you ever get discouraged because you're praying and you think God is not answering you. When you ask him, he moves. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Okay, now let's go back to the kid in school. Let's just give this, let's just do this example. Wouldn't it be better for you to pray for your child daily and then check on his homework and his progress than to have the whole church pray the day of testing, knowing that he's not even cracked a book? Oh, God. Oh, JoJo's got to pass. Oh, JoJo. And JoJo flunks flat out. And then you come back to church going, we prayed all night. And JoJo's devastated. Where was God? Are y'all sane? Are are y'all in? Y'all ain't nobody insane in here. That's insanity. I think sometimes when people call you and want prayer, why don't you walk up to them and say, let me see your Bible. Show me the book. Well, I don't know where it is. Oh, we now know how to pray. Are y'all out there or did you go home? My marriage is falling apart. All right, well, then let's, what are you reading? I don't like to read. Well, what CDs? I don't got no money. Let me see your phone. Oh, it's the newest, bestest, greatest, baddest. I'd sell the phone and buy some marriage books. Come on, y'all, don't shout me down. I'm, you know, I could get, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to be nice. When I, when I went through my first marriage problem, I, I couldn't afford a book, God Almighty. I'm going to Bible school. I'm eating macaroni and cheese. I'm barely, I make $20 a day. Work four hours, $5 an hour. Going to school in the morning, working four hours every afternoon. That's, that's not a lot of money. You know what I did? I went down to the Bible bookstore on Saturday and I sat in the Bible bookstore. And I got the marriage books and pulled them out and sat down on the tile. And I read and I put a card and marked my spot. <laughs> you want to get your marriage straightened out, get some books. Even if you can't afford the book, then my God, go down to the bookstore. Just don't tell this lady right here what you're doing. And, go, and sit in there and read the thing and all the information that's free today. Come on, honey. I mean, you can get Keith Moore's stuff for free. You can, get, you can get Copeland stuff for free. You can get all the teaching you want on the internet and it ain't even costing you nothing and it'll even download it in that expensive phone you got. I'm doing pretty good and I'm just... Romans 12, 1. Let's talk the process. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, take that flesh of yours and by God do something with it. It is not going under unless you put it under. You've got to do something with your flesh. He talks about take off the old man and put on the new man. The only way you're ever going to learn to walk in love is to walk in love. You don't learn to walk in love from a book. I tried it. I know Lisa tried it too. She didn't do very good either. 
But the way if you get the book and you read page one and work on that one for a month, get to love is patient and stop and go, oh, this is going to take a while. <laughs> and you keep being patient and 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 being patient. After a while, you can go, let's go to kindness now. You, this is a process, guys. Christianity is a process. And after you've been married and in church for at least two, three, four, five years, you ought to have your marriage working pretty decent. Really, I'm serious. You got a book. It's an open book test and you're flunking. Are you serious? <laughs> and there's no time limit on it. Let's look at Romans 12, 1, 12, 2. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind so that you can prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Honey, if you don't get your mind renewed, you will never know the will of God. Now, now let's go down this road. I mean, you're going to renew your mind with the word of God. We're talking about renew it to who you are, what belongs to you, and that means taking time to meditate in the word of God. All right, now, now there's a scripture in Luke 8. No, we're not going to go over there. Luke 8, 14. It, and, and, and it says that the sower sows the seed, and he talks about cares, riches, and pleasures of life. There's not a sin in it. But all of those things that are natural are robbing time. So that means you're going to make time to renew your mind. Because if you don't, you're not going to do it. You're going, to, you're going to have time set aside to go, I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to read books. I'm going to confess the word. And I'm going to grow in God. Now, here's the good thing about God. This is the thing I love about God. He will very often, because your heart is right, help you with the stupid things you're doing and give you grace. Because he sees you are working over here on this, and, and, you, and he looks and goes, you are bombing the other so bad. That's okay. I'm going to cover you there because you are working so hard over here. But if he sees that you ain't doing nothing, he's like, I'm, listen, I'm just, I'm going to let you eat this puppy. Now, now yeah, that's good because you can't learn everything. There's too much Bible. There's too much for you. There's too much you don't know. But I'm telling you if, you, if you're praying and going, God, what, you know, now I need to work on this thing right now. I got to work on this, my self-image. I need to work on my mouth. I got to work on my mouth right now. And you got your scriptures out and you got your Bible out and said, you know what? You told me not to, I got to be kind to Lisa. I got to be nice to my wife. I'm going to, when she comes home this afternoon, I'm going to have dinner made for her. I'm going to be the best husband in the world. And I'm going to take, and God, God is up there going, help him. Let's help him out, man. He is, this poor dude is doing everything he knows. And, and so that's grace. Yes, amen. Don't y'all do that with your kids? Yes. I've seen my kids just busting it, doing the best they can, and I'll come along and help them out. I see them sitting around doing nothing. Mm-mm, that ain't good. This is process, guys. Look at Jude chapter one. <laughs> Y'all all right. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Look at Jude and I'm gonna prove something to you. I'm gonna show you two scriptures that are exactly the opposite. One contradicts the other one. Now, and, you're, and you're gonna look at me and go, what's up with that? What's up with that? Jude one. 24. Now to him, that would be God, who's able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless before the presence of God. Who is keeping you? God is keeping you. All right, let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 18. And we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, and he is born of God keeps himself. Who's keeping you? You keep in yourself. Wait a minute. Oh, that's not good. I got one scripture said God's keeping me. And I got another one says I'm keeping me. Now who's keeping me? We're both keeping me. God is keeping me in all of the areas 
that I can't keep myself. But he's not keeping me in the areas that I can keep myself. So let me give you an example of this. Your children growing up in your home. They don't need to be in there worrying about the rent, house payment, food on the table. But they better be in them books. They got a test next week and you're going to go up there in steps and go, how are you doing in school? And he goes, well, you know, mom, I was really concerned about the rent, so I went out and got a job. No, baby, hold on a minute. No, darling, no, don't you even. Don't you come back with this. You went out and got a job to help me with a house payment. You ain't helping me with no house payment. I want you in school. I don't want you to get out. I want you to make straight A's. And when you get out of school, and we're going to start talking about you getting the house. But right now, I got the house. You got the books. You get this. You got this. You, you need to learn what do you got and what has God got. Leave God's end of this thing alone. He's got that. But the thing he's told you to be responsible for, you got that one. You better get on it. You want supposed to be renewing your mind? Well, you get your mind renewed. You get your head and you screw it on straight. Now, how many of y'all have ever had trouble with your thinking? Do I have another arm? Because I would, if I was an octopus, I'd have eight arms in the air. Man, have I ever had trouble with my head. Whose responsibility is that? You can pray, oh God, oh God. Get the devil off me. You can pray that all day. He, he and God ain't going to do nothing about no devil. Because then you open up, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And there's nothing praying about it. I say it this way. God don't change diapers. Pray about that baby's diaper. When you come back in the bedroom, it'll still be there. Call ORU in the prayer tower. And when you get back, it'll be twice as stinky as when you walked out of that bedroom. This is a silly sermon. I think it's time for you and I to sit back and start looking at people. And, and, and I'm, do y'all see that I'm being very loving? I am being very loving. I think sometimes we need to look at some people and, and, and go, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for mercy. Let's get down and let's do some praying for mercy. And when you get up and you get your mercy, I want you to get off your backside. Are you all out there? Brother Hagen told the story about his sister. And he prayed for her and couldn't get her healed. She died. And the Lord took her into heaven and she says, Kenneth, only me and the Lord know why. That's not your concern. But the Lord did tell him later. Now listen to what he said to him. He said, when she was a baby Christian, you prayed for her and I healed her. But you've been on the radio in her town for 12 years. She's never even turned the radio on. She's never even attempted to grow. And I'm holding her responsible for what you preached even though she never even turned you on. And she's going to get in her own faith or she's not going to make it. You say, well, boy, I'm good. No, I want y'all to quit playing God. That's a strong prophetic word. You stop playing God. Like you're going to pull it off. You're not pulling anything off. You go to God and say, God, I'm going to pray the best I can. I want you to help me pray about this. You show me how you want me to pray about it. And you pray about it the way you're supposed to. And if it doesn't work the way you thought it would, you're going to quit. You're going to leave it alone. And don't you walk around and and start acting like God lets you down. You and I are supposed to be growing in God. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Are you all still here? Christianity is a lifestyle. Honey, this is not a cup ministry. Come in here and bring your cup. Now, I'm going to say something to y'all, and y'all just hold your horses. Do you know the reason I quit having prayer lines up here? Because God made me. They're looking to you to get them healed. I want you to quit. You're not 
a superman. That's strong. Tell them to come up and have someone pray for them. Whenever you're watching ministries where people are getting healed, they're either non-Christians or they're babies. There's not a mature person in that crowd getting healed by someone else's anointing. You want me to say it again? If you're changing the diapers on an 18-year-old, stop it. That may sound silly to you. I was in a store one day, and a little boy was grabbing for his mama's breast, and he had to have been 12. And I'm sitting, I thought, if he, if he, I'm going to say something to that mama and that little boy. Right there. <laughs> what in the world? Woman, are you doing what did is that too much for y'all? Maybe take that off the CD. I don't know. <laughs> Do y'all understand? Papa God, help me say this right. When God says something is a process, it is a process. There's grace in the process, but it's still a process. Why do you, now let me ask you a deep question, really deep, really deep. Why is third grade last nine months? Because you didn't learn it in a day. You know, I don't know what, I don't know how they do school now. It's been a long time. If I'm not mistaken, they gave me the same 10 numbers every day. Three times three is nine up, three times three is nine sideways. I saw that number for nine months. And then they stacked it next to two, three, three, 33. But then they stacked them, and then they stacked them different. But they're using the same numbers and the same letters. And they did it over and over and over and over and over. Then in nine months, I went, I now can multiply. And they went, now you can go to the fourth grade. I didn't go to fourth grade in a week. Honey, listen to me. You're not going to be super spiritual in a month with you. I went to Copeland Southwest. I can't. I... Listen, 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 listen. Just listen to me. My God. The reason you're going is they're teaching. You got to take notes and go home. You don't need to go to another conference for a while. They've given you more stuff than you can learn in the next three or four months. Your plate is full. You've got a lot of work to do. And you're going to be doing it over and over and over and over and over until you go, I got it, coach. No, no, you don't. Over and over. I would love to go out and watch these guys practice football. And I almost bet you they've run some same plays over and over. And, and they go, I got it. No, you're going to do this in your sleep, son. Right? I don't think God's too far off from that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something that's really helped me. You know that sometimes I preach the same sermons over and over and over and over. You know why? You don't get, you don't get it. You don't get You didn't get it. <laughs> That's why on Sunday I'm going, let's go back to the basics. Everybody's going, this is awesome. <laughs> three times three is. Right. You'll see that on a test soon. <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. Love hardly notices. This is a hard one. 
hardly notices when your spouse does it wrong. Hardly notices it. Tell me you got that one. You tell me you got that one. I'm not sure I got that one. I know it. I'm working on that one still. You know, I mean, I, I didn't even notice that. I didn't even notice that. You know, Lisa wakes up in the morning. She goes in there and I say, you praying? She goes, yes. Before you wake up, I got to pray. I said, what are you praying about? My love walk, baby, my love walk. And I'm going to tell you, she's doing fabulous. It's like I got a brand new wife. I'm going, what book are you reading right now? This is good. But seriously, come on. You want a good marriage? It's you. Work on you. Work on you. You you uh, you can work on your spouse if you want to. Forget it. Forget it. Word of wisdom, forget it. You work on you, and that's where you cast the care of all the other one on God. God, I give my spouse to you. Now, let's work on me. Now, see, that's enough information right there to keep you all busy for one month. And am I telling you all the truth? Come on, I'm telling you the truth. You young guys, you, you guys really need to see me. We got to have serious talk. We love. I know all about it. (laughs) Galatians 5. Say process. Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. We're not talking about praying in tongues. That's part of it. Your your flesh, verse 17, is lusting against your spirit. And your spirit, man, against your flesh. And these are contrary to one another. And it will be that way until you die. And don't you tell me otherwise because I'm not that stupid. I already know that you're having a fight. And it's with you. If you're led by your spirit, you're not under the law. The works of your flesh, not devils, are adultery, fornication. I know y'all are Christians. I know, I know. Uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, loving other things more than God. Sorcery, that's drug abuse, that's smoking dope. Hatred, contention, jealousy, outburst of wrath. We didn't, uh uh-huh, uh-uh, that's enough. That that got you right there. That got you right there. Why would you say anything in a normal tone? When screaming will be better. They get the point. (laughs) Thank you. They don't get the point. Ask me how I know. No, you don't know. I don't know. Anybody ever hollered and they got the point? No. No, it don't work. <laughs> One time I hollered at Lisa. And she said, why are, we ang- why are you angry? And the whole argument turned into my anger and not what I was hollering about. I said, I have just lost this fight. Lisa goes, I hate being married to you because everybody in the world knows our business. (laughs) But, you know, if it's any consolation, I know good and well I'm not the only one in here that's ever raised their voice. Am I? All right. (laughs) All right. All right. Anyway, outburst, outburst of wrath is flesh. Selfish ambition. Nobody in here ever done that. Dissensions. Heresies. Envy, murder, drunkenness, reveries, and such, I tell you beforehand, that those, not talking about you, people non-saved, will know who's practiced that as a way of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, being gentle, 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 gentle. Self-control. Control it, baby. Again. <laughs> I got to tell you a scripture that I... For, I, I, this went on for about six months, and this is just me. When he was reviled, he reviled not back. When he was reviled, he reviled not back. When he was reviled, he reviled not back. Do y'all want to know how many times I said that? A lot. For whatever reason, it seems like if I started off on Monday really good, by Friday, I had reviled somebody. <laughs> and I would go, God, right now I need really a lot of grace, mercy. I'm going to start again, but I have to tell you, I've only sinned three times this week. And add pride to that. (laughs) Y'all, I I, I don't know how anybody, I I have to practice the Bible to get this thing to work. I tried to get Lisa to practice it since she was the problem. You know, if you just ever had the perfect woman, you'd have it made, right? Or the perfect... Or if you had the perfect husband. Listen, all of that, you're lying to yourself. Come on, y'all. You're lying to yourself. This is something you're going to work on. This is a process. And, and when you get out of fourth grade, I got news for you. You're going to fifth. And it's going to take you nine months to get what God wants you to get there. And you know what? You're going to be working on this. When they, when they send you home to be with Jesus, there, you're going to be working on this right here. I knew you. What time is it? I got, I got plenty of time. Y'all don't, but I do. Those who are Christ have crucified their flesh, talking about the new birth, with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, walk in it. Chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you're sowing is coming home. I know that's tough, but I I think sometimes I want to look at people and go, you really don't want to keep doing this. You really want, you really don't want to keep doing this because someday your roosters are coming home and you're going to come and want the whole church to pray and fast and it's not going to work. You've got a crop coming in. I mean, you've been ugly for a long time. Am I doing all right? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make, yeah, there are, God is a good God. And he does answer prayer and, and he wants us healthy and he wants us blessed. And there's a little more to this than what Jesus did. A little bit more to it. Yeah, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but you've leaked out. Andrew said, you don't have to. You don't. But people do. Are y'all okay? Yes. There's, 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 a, there's two sides to this Bible. And, and I, I have to really pray when I'm preaching which one I'm going to preach on. Because I can't preach like this every Wednesday night. I just unloaded a lot of responsibility on you. We need a little, little relief you know, God is good. He loves us, man. And let's, you know, let's worship God. Jesus, where God, my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yay, man. Thank you, Jesus. But you can't stay there. You, you're gonna, we got to get back a little bit of, just a little bit more life here. Now, let me, let me close with this statement. Uh, it's, it's not okay to stay carnal. It's going to bite you. 
it's going to bite you. And when it happens, you turn in, we're going to pray. We are, we're going to pray. And the whole church is going to pray. But a little cooperation would be nice now before the storm comes. It's coming. What, whatever. Stuff happens. I wished, it, I, wished it, I wished it didn't. But if you've studied, now this is what I'm going to say is deep. It's real so deep. When you study for a test, test A doesn't bother you. As a matter of fact, when I studied, when I studied, I couldn't wait for test A. I couldn't wait to show everybody. Hey, teacher, bring it down here. Put the test on. I got this. And when I made 100, it was like, Daryl, what happened? I go, it was raining. I couldn't go out and play. <laughs> My mother beat the mud out of me and made me study. You know, I mean, whatever. I <laughs> mm. How do I end this, Father? I think every one of us in here, uh, I, I, want, I want all of us to, I want, you, I want you to love God and enjoy God and love Jesus and read your Bible. But I also want you to take there's parts of it. Start taking it serious. Work, work on your renewing your mind, who you are in Christ. Put your flesh under. Whatever area you're having to deal with now, you work on that. And, and your teenagers. Listen, just because they came to church. You know what that means? Not a thing. You go home and get their Bible out. If there's nothing in it but their name, <laughs> you're not parenting very well. I'm just not, I'm being nice. Lisa had a time when the boys were going to call Bible time. She made them read their Bible. I mean, every day the sun came up, they read their Bible. She said, well, we didn't understand it. She didn't care. You're making a habit. You're going to read it whether you like it or not. You're going to pray whether you like it or not. I remember when Justin went out to Master's Commission I mean, they made him study and read and pray. And I mean, he told me, he says, Dad, I hate it. I mean, they're making me. They make me pray. They're making. And he still does. He got in such a habit, he still does it. <laughs> and I couldn't, be, I couldn't be prouder of him. Because he still has a, he reads and he studies and he prays. Somebody made him do it, but it. But it whole year. Whole year. But did it do him good? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Now, y'all are adults. Who's making you? All right, let me ask you a question. I'm going to close. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you out four minutes early. The youth won't know it. How many of you say, I, I got some work to do? Yeah. All right, now let's do something, though. I want, to, I want you to do something, though. If you would do this one thing, I, I succeeded tonight. When you're praying for other people, Take into account where they are in their walk with God. You can do a lot more for a baby Christian than you can for someone who should be further along. Please take that into account before you get into depression that God didn't answer your prayers. Are you out there? You're not that naive. Now, does that mean we're going to love everybody? We're going to pray as though all of our prayers are going to move heaven and earth and hell out of its way. When we don't get the results we want, we're going to cast the care on God. You're going to get, your, you're going to get happy in Jesus again. And you're going to say, well, I don't know, but praise the Lord. Am I right? I'm going to tell you about one. I won't name the name of the person. There was a person I prayed for for their healing for a long time when I first started pastoring, and they didn't make it. It devastated me. It, 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 it really messed me up. And I mean, I, I quit preaching on healing and everything for, for a while until I got over the fact that I'm not God. I'm do, I did all I knew, and, and I, had to learn, I had to learn I'm doing the best I can. We all do. We all in here. We're doing the best we can. But there's, there's things we don't know. That's right. That's right. 
And I'm going to say this to y'all. There are days when I'm not on it. I'm not walking as close to God as you think I am. I've been fishing all day, shooting my gun all week, and goofing off. I would never tell you that. Billy Graham made a statement one time, and he was sitting with a bunch of guys. He said, I feel so unclean and unholy. Do you think he lived for Jesus full bore all 90? No, he did not. I fight with my flesh just like you do. I have times when I, when I take all of my gun books and everything, and I throw them in a corner and lock them in the closet, and I say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to read my Bible all day long. If it hair lips Bear Creek, I'm going to get in there and read <laughs> And I do. I will pray until I get back to where I think I'm walking where I need to be walking. But I, I deal with my flesh. I'm not going to pretend. I'm telling you that for y'all. Because if I'm doing it, I want you to understand you are too. But don't stay there. Now, the people you're praying for, you don't know where they are. You don't know whether the, you don't know whether the devil's beating them up. You don't know whether they're living in condemnation or under guilt and shame. You don't know what's going on inside of them. Unless God shows you, you really don't know what they're going through. I had a series, and I'm, I'm, I'm using up your four minutes. I had a time a few years ago where I, I, I missed God, and I beat myself for it. And my faith didn't work. Now, I didn't do anything wrong as far as, I mean, I didn't run off with some wild woman or nothing. But I was allowing the devil to beat me. I, and, and, and yet, it, even my prayers weren't getting answered. And, and God had to show me, Satan's, Satan's beating you up because of something you thought was massive and it wasn't all that big. But you know, we all go through seasons. When you're ministering to somebody else, you don't know what they're going through. It, it, might, it might be they're totally innocent, but the devil's got them beat up so bad, they just never learned how to deal with the devil. They never learned to cast down imaginations. They never learned to resist the devil. They never learned that stuff. That's massive, guys. That's big stuff. And I learned after that how to resist the negative thoughts. Now, let me tell you something about me. I don't, I'm not on Facebook anymore. I don't want to hear I'm good, and I don't want to hear I'm bad. I can't handle either one. I don't want to know if you hate me. I don't want to know if you like me. Because if I think you like me, it, it gets me full of pride. And if I think you hate me, it makes me mad as heck. I'm telling you the truth. So I just don't, I just, I don't, I'm not even on Facebook. I can't believe he preached that last Wednesday night. I absolutely would have never believed he said that right. I don't need to read that. But I do listen to God and Lisa. Are y'all out there? Do y'all understand that? We're dealing, all of us in here deal with stuff all the time. The devil's messing with us. Just pray for people the best you can. But if something didn't work, don't, don't, don't sit around and worry about it. Are y'all out there? The Bible's true, period. End of subject. It is absolutely true. When you pray, he answers every time you pray. If something didn't go right, you know what, God? I don't know. That's your problem. Pass the cornflakes. Let's go. Does this help y'all a little bit? I'm just trying to get you guys, and I, I, I want to feel like I'm finished, and I, and I, and I really do. I, I want to get you back to the place to where when something doesn't work the way you thought, it's not rattling you. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. I've prayed for plenty of people. I just knew that I knew that. I, I walked in a hospital room with a lady one time. The anointing was so strong on me, I could hardly walk. And she died. And I walked out and I went, you got some explaining to do to me. Because it's so strong in this room. I didn't understand it. I still don't to this day. I do a little bit. I walked in a hospital room with a man that goes to this church. 
I couldn't have had a more carnal week in my life. And I went in there and he was in a coma and I walked in there and laid hands on him, said in the name of Jesus and walked out. He got up the next day healed. I went, what gives there? <laughs> Are y'all out there? I don't know everything. Oh, my God, I don't know everything. I want everybody to, everybody to get it. No, they don't. They don't. If they don't, please do me a favor. Don't carry it. Don't walk around with that stuff on you. It'll bury you. It's not your concern. Secret things belong to God. Leave them alone. Amen. Amen. Father God, I I feel like I have delivered what, what you wanted me to deliver. You love every one of us in this room. And we have some of the most powerful praying people I have ever met in my entire life that go to this church. And when I was in the hospital and they, and they jumped on it, Father, I was back in my pulpit next Wednesday preaching. That's how powerful the people in this church are. And Father, we've had times when it just didn't work. I can't tell you why. I don't always know why. I know it's not on your end. I know you're not missing it. I'm, I'm asking you right now to cover the soul and the mind of every man and woman, boy and girl, sitting in this church right this minute. Just cover us. You restore our soul so that we don't walk around carrying stuff that we don't need to be carrying. And Father, if there's any of us that could help people, sometimes we can look at people and go, you might want to make adjustments. Sometimes people need to make adjustments if they want to walk in health and walk in healing and walk in victory. And, and, and you can help us with that. If we know, we'll help. If we don't, we just don't know. I thank you for these people as I send them home tonight. And I ask you to bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.